Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Kelly Driscoll. In this episode, you'll hear part one of my conversation with Amanda Heiberger, professor of music and former QEP director at Chattanooga State Community College. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Kelly Driscoll, and today I am thrilled to introduce Amanda Heiberger. Amanda is professor of music at Chattanooga State Community College, where she teaches the College Success for Fine Arts, ear training, and voice lessons as well as serving as the college's Quality Enhancement Plans Director, which coordinates e-portfolio development for all students. Welcome, Amanda. Welcome. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, I have to tell you, I have to tell you, since we've talked, um, the QEP has switched. I'm no longer the QEP director. So in case somebody looks up, looks me up, it's now in advising. And so oh, it switched, wow. and I was given the choir. So I'm back to flapping my arms. That's amazing. I know. So yes. So thankfully, um, that we passed our QEP. Our this project was. So then you got to hand it off. I did. I got to hand it off. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about what that process was like <laughs> in a little bit. Okay. Our community, I know there's other folks that are involved with the QEP, and they would probably really benefit from hearing your story. I went through the whole cycle. I love it. Yeah. Because we've been working together now for yeah. over 10 years. Right. So you have a quite a history with ePortfolio that you're welcome to share today. <laughs> Ask me what you will. <laughs> So um, I did warn Amanda before we started chatting that I wanted to take advantage of our time today to also just hear um, some more about her because we've we've conversated many times, um, but it really has been just focused on ePortfolio. And I know that Amanda is an incredible human being uh, based on the time that we've had together. Oh, you're and sweet. I know that she's deeply involved in music and singing. And so before we get into all of the ePortfolio things, um, I would love to just hear a little bit about your background and when you first got into music and if it was always singing and the kind of singing yeah. that you're doing now, could you, could you please share that with us? Sure. I, I am your um, classic PK pastor's kid mm-hmm. and I grew up singing in church. And okay. so um, singing was very much a goth- Southern gospel for me, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. if you know that genre of music, we're very extroverted. <laughs> so, it was Full out, but um, it's I did. I know. So my my <laughs> parents both played instruments. My family sang together, and most of my uncles like picked guitar. I mean, I would call it bluegrass, probably. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. um fell in love with a person came. That's funny. I didn't think we would talk about this today. But a person. This is really the genesis of all of that. A person came to my elementary school and played some J.S. Bach. Mm for our class 
and he mm-hmm. and he said you can buy this at the music store and i didn't know that that music existed and i certainly didn't know i could go purchase it so i saved up my money for a little cassette tape oh. and i went to the music store i remember buying it, it was the brandenburg concertos of Bach, and i listened to it every night oh. four five and six and I did not hear those pieces again till grad school, but I just developed a love for classical music kind of off to the side. It was very strange. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't think about opera. I didn't really like the sound of it. And I still don't. I really sing more art song, um, I guess. I really like hearing my students sing. I like I like young voices. I like helping them develop their voice i like healthy singing which is not happening a lot in our culture um so you know i feel like i'm defining healthy singing just well you know their culture has gotten so weird like um like even myself i was encouraged to really push the the heaviness of my voice as a young singer even in um southern gospel and I found that and then I was encouraged to sing really high in opera. And by the time I got to college, I had kind of a gap in my voice, which was mm. um, destructive. And it, okay. my first teacher was a very gifted woman. It was in Austin P here in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And um, the first two years literally was repairing my voice and learning how to register and sing more in a, what I would call a pre, a pre-pop music world. Mm-hmm. And even some of, I mean, it's getting really technical, but some of the the big German Wagner singing is too heavy for what most people can do. And we got used to hearing that halls got bigger, microphones, we expect all this volume from people, and it's not physically that conducive. So you see it sometimes like Whitney Houston damaged her voice, you know, and mm-hmm. what a voice, like the voice of a century, and she ended up hurting herself. Um, and different singers that you sometimes see Julie Andrews, you know, right. Ended up with vocal surgery. So a lot of these pop singers can't ma- maintain it. So I'm really, I'm really passionate about helping young students learn what their voice does, what their max is, what their, mm-hmm. what their normal is and being satisfied with that and finding ways to do art, you know, in a, in more a way that I, I think for me, that's worship. And that's, that's how I, that's how I connect it back to my faith. You know, it's yeah. because I think we're it's part of creation to sing naturally, you know, just like if I want to eat healthy, I eat healthy things and, you know, I take care of nature, I take care of my voice. So um, anyway, so I'm finding that if I don't get like especially young women by 14 or 15, they're already starting down a very aggressive path that you have to convince them out of. So I've probably repaired I, I, every year. I probably repair five or six voices. How many students do you have at a time? Um, I mean, I'm in a community college, so we don't have a ton of majors. Um, we do have some because we have a full music major. We have several universities we work with, but usually five or six actual majors and then um, voice majors. And then we have, I usually keep a studio of about, you know, 10 other students. I try to get the high school students before that happens to them, you know, because once I got to college, it was too late. You know, I, I really did suffer for a little while in college. I didn't get solos. Yeah. I didn't get, I didn't win things um, mm-hmm. because because of the things Until that were happening locally. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, if yeah. I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't be sensitive to it and help other students. Yeah, so you was, may not be doing what you're well, doing I now. I, the most voice teachers don't focus on it as much. 
um, in my purview, the ones around me, um, they don't they don't cringe as much as I do when I hear, you know, registration issues. So once you've felt it, you know, there's pain and I feel the pain that they're feeling. And um, I know it's not fun to sing that way. So I'm really passionate about it. And then my teacher had to spend so much time with me fixing it. I know what the exercises are. Right. (laughs) Well, and I was curious and, you know, it makes sense. Um, You know, having gone through that practice yourself and, um, you know, what that pain was like that you would want to, you know, support your students and, and remedying that before things get worse. It's interesting that, you know, you're finding that so many students are coming to you with, you know, with that. Yeah. Well, oddly the the women are wanting to sing lower and lower Mm -hmm. and the men are wanting to sing higher and higher. So it's almost like this unisex voice in the middle. So I'm getting more basses as well that are tone deaf or mm-hmm. have no sense of where their voices are because they've spent their whole lives trying to sing high and their voice mm-hmm. doesn't fit or they say they can't sing. So I get really inexperienced young bass singers with low self-confidence. And so it's really happening on both ends, which is really sad. I mean, I think you think of like great choirs, you know, have all the different voice types, all you know? Range. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 So we, we want that full array of sound. So anyway, hopefully that'll change. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, everything kind of goes. I hope so. (laughs) I know. It's like everybody wants to sing a solo all together with one guitar or something. I'm like, there's so much more. (laughs) I'm glad you're out there providing some exposure. That's my passion right now. Well, it's been a long, long term passion of mine. But that's what I'm focusing on with my choir. Oh, my heavens. Yeah. What a journey. It sounds like you've been. you know, involved with music from a very young age. Yes. Um, at, at what point did you decide that you were going to kind of pursue this career in um, higher ed? Well, I had that same situation that a lot of uh, artists have, like their parents when they're growing up, push them to excel in the arts. Like they want them in shows, they want them in, and, and then when they go to major, and they're why are you majoring in that? <laughs> I don't even know if I could add hardly. I just, I know that's what I do, you know. So I had the same thing. And then it was like, you know, you need to be a music ed major. So you go teach at a high school. That's the only job that they had, you know, in their mind that was even possible. But I hated high school. And the only thing I hated more than high school was middle school. So I was doing any of that. I haven't met anybody that says middle school or the, Uh, the, you know. What a horrible time. Why would I want to put myself back in that environment? And people that love that, God bless them. But um, that was not me. So I I, I sat down with a professor one day because I was arguing so much with my family and had a conversation. He said, do you want to teach elementary school? No. Do you want to teach middle school? No. Do you want to teach high school? No. You don't want an ed degree. I'm I'm like, what does the other one do? Everything else music does. And I went... (laughs) Okay. <laughs> and I didn't know what that was. <laughs> I just knew that was, that was the answer. So I realized that, you know, to be to be um, employed, I had to have a doctorate if I wanted to teach. And I love to teach. I just don't want to, I didn't want to do crowd control. Right. right. I mean, I, I like to actually dig in a little bit uh, at a higher level. So 
oddly enough, during COVID, I've been teaching preschool music once a week too, which I've oh, wonderful. so I like my youngest student was one and my oldest student was 75. And so that's super fun. But I, I mean, I was right. That's not something I would have wanted to do with my whole life, but it's nice as a, <laughs> now that I'm older and wiser, I can see the benefits of all of it, you know, and I don't <laughs> get worked up about it, but. So have you always been at Chattanooga State Community College or were you teaching other places before? I started teaching even in my undergrad. They allowed me to teach continuing ed lessons. I expressed Mm -hmm. an interest. So that's when that started. And um, then I had graduate assistantships at Mm -hmm. um, Nebraska, Lincoln, and at University of Iowa. And so I, I learned to teach being monitored by good faculty that was very helpful um and then i taught at a community college in uh next next to iowa city in a small town and uh then i taught at lee university here in cleveland Mm -hmm. but that was adjunct and so chat state was my first full-time like you know where i when i got my paycheck it resembled something that i could live off of you know it's a long time it was a long time to I mean, that's a long time to, by the time you go to school and it's, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, it's a long yeah. haul. It really isn't. It's no joke, but um, no, I'm very thankful to have found a full-time job. I know many musicians that haven't. And so yeah. it is tough, yeah. but I'm fortunate that way. But yeah, I've been teaching at Chat State since 2007 Okay, is when I started there full-time. And I became QEP director, oh, 2009. They put me on that committee because I was the newbie. Okay, so that was another question I had. <laughs> I had a target on my head that said newbie. I was like joyfully teaching music. It and was bizarre. It's a bizarre journey. QEP. Okay, so 2009... You were. I was put on the committee like my second year, like, and I didn't realize it, but I mean, Chat State has had a lot of political upheaval in the last since I've been employed. We've had a lot of um, presidents do this and out, and then not alone in that. No, and a lot of vice presidents, and so QEP was kind of new, right? It was our first cycle of QEP, so nobody wanted to touch it. It was kind of this. Sachs was making everybody do it. Nobody wanted to do it. I didn't know what it was. I didn't even know what I was still learning half the anacronyms on the college. And this was literally what I was told. Amanda's fun. They want someone from every division. Send Amanda. Okay. So I got <laughs> I got put on this committee because I was fun. Probably not the best you are, you are fun. I'm super fun. <laughs> yeah. And then what happened was through that committee work, you know, I think that actually started in 2008, the committee work. Sure. Well, I wasn't there very long. I was writing. I ended up writing half of the QEP document because nobody else would write it. Yeah. I mean, faculty love to get together and talk and wordsmith mm-hmm. and they'll argue about one paragraph for five mm-hmm. days. And we were up against a time clock. So I spent a summer writing for free because I just... Yes, needed yeah. to, felt the need to get it done. Somebody needed to get it done, and I don't know. I don't know. Some of the some of the ideas that were getting traction were mine, so I felt like I should, if I was going to put forth ideas, I should back them up with the work. 
and I'm kind of a worker bee. So then that got me in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) That put me in a world I didn't think I'd ever be in. Yes, I bet. So, uh, so you got started with the QEP. Um, I'm guessing some of these ideas of yours that started to get traction may have led to some conversations about ePortfolio. They did. Our, our thing was about work ethic. We, we really felt like the bulk of our students could succeed if they put forth good effort and had good behavior patterns, like good mm-hmm. self, they were self-sabotaging in many ways just by, mm-hmm. you know, not coming or, you know, so we, we put together um, kind of a a unified statement across campus of what work ethic looked like to us. And we feel mm-hmm. felt like this is what we wanted our students to emulate. And we would put those attributes into different classes and different assignments, a lot mm-hmm. of teamwork. We went through our employers, what they said they were seeing in our students that they mm-hmm. needed more of and teamwork and productivity were coming up really high, um, just showing up on time, those types of things. So we were working that kind of thing. And, um, I, I had read about portfolio, e-portfolio and I, and I, I hated Facebook already because I just, so in my mind, e-portfolio was Facebook. I mean, that's what I thought it was. And, Mm -hmm. um, I was very reluctant to do it. I didn't see any use for that. I've never been, um, big into, just sitting and writing about yourself and you know that kind of way and so I was reluctant to it but then when we got to our Saks visit Terry Rhodes was um from AAC and you was our QEP specialist or over the QEP oh. evaluation and so I was You're sitting at this table so great you got connected to him yeah we for some time. reason um the vice president we were able to snag him and I don't, I don't, I'm not even sure how all that worked out, but literally I'm at this crazy table where it's all vice presidents and board members and I am the lowly junior faculty. I'm the, I'm the only one that I have no idea how I got this table, but I'm like this junior faculty member sitting there and he, they were all talking and talking and Terry Rhodes looked across the table at me and he like, you know, like kind of like, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi looks in your soul. This is not yeah. the one you seek. It was that kind of moment. I mean, I'll never forget the look in his face. And he said, you want portfolio. You need a portfolio. And I was, I remember saying, I need a portfolio. <laughs> and he said, you want a portfolio. I said, hey. Okay, yes, I do. <laughs> I was not the QEP director. I had been given no authority. <laughs> I was just, it was very strange. Um, situation um, to even be there. And since then, I've done like three SACS visits. Yeah. I finally just started turning them down because I'm, I'm like this faculty member. I'm not in the club and I don't want to be in the club. The club is <laughs> taking a break from the club. The club is not, that is not a fun week. And so, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not serving in that way. So there's no benefit for me going and learning that somewhere. But um, no, I, after that, what I did was I I took it more to heart. We were working on a survey tool that I hated, hated mm-hmm. with a passion and I wanted rid of. And so I had to give some other, get some other way to get evidence for our QEP to get rid of mm-hmm. the survey tool. So I started working on portfolio just as a way to get rid of this other thing. Um, 
So I went to that ACNU um, conference and I sat in the digication workshop for two days that um, mm-hmm. they did from, well, I, why can't I remember LaGuardia? Yes. Put it on. And it was super nice. There was an English teacher presenting that I never saw her again any of the conferences, okay. but she was presenting that day. And um, she was super nice. And she even sat with me for a lunch about three hours mm. and helped me envision my project which was super sweet of her to do because i'm sure she was a very busy woman but um I le- she was from LaGuardia. she was LaGuardia she was an english LaGuardia. professor and i'm sorry i don't remember her name but I, I always she was going on sabbatical and so she's like i won't be available for the next two years so you got three hours let me was- tell you everything i know yeah that is so sweet. That was she was very very sweet, and I think because she came from my kind of wheelhouse, the humanities area, yeah. you know, she was able to to talk in a way that I could talk. And of course, um, LaGuardia started theirs in their art department, you know, the artists, and so all of yeah. that kind of I had an affinity for that. So yeah. I I went home from that. We that's why we we started a kind of a trial. I knew I wanted education, but I had to fake a. I had to fake some sort of search and the search only made it more obvious. Well, you know, you can walk through a conference and see the different screens. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they, they make you go through these long drawn out procedures to tell you the thing you knew instinctively, you know, which is okay, great. But so we did, we formed a committee and we had our tech guys look at it. And so digication was the clear winner. And um, I mean, we had to do that. Uh, we had constant, we had constant barrage of other portfolio companies trying to be our portfolio company. It was so annoying. It was the whole time I was doing it. Every textbook, you know, in-house local things, trying to be a portfolio and offer enough for free. We were going to be, we were going to be their test pilot school for free. I, it was so time consuming for me to fight them off. Um, hopefully that's died down some. I don't know. I still hear from... It's horrible. Then we go belly up the spot. next year, and you're just like, please leave me alone. <laughs> 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 it's just like, oh. oh, faculty would come find me and go, there's another, there's another portfolio trying to get on ground. I'm like, oh, please stop. But um, that's, you know, that's kind of how it started. And I didn't really understand it. Until I did a little test pilot in that first 2010. Yeah, I, I remember the oh man, test I know I had a little class of just a few music majors, and this group of class, most of these guys were drug addicts. I mean, I'm serious. Oh no, they were. They, it was a it was a particularly bad, bad performing group of students. Super sweet uh, mm-hmm. kids, even talented. Like they played their instruments pretty well, but they didn't love school at all. And yeah. you just, they just always looked high. They were um, yeah. like, you would hand back a failing grade and they go, cool. And they did, yeah. There was no emotion. Not in a good place. No, they were just, it was just, there was just apathy. Like you just, it was unbelievable. And you just couldn't get any reaction out of them. I mean, you didn't know where to start. I don't, I haven't had that except for there's a couple class groups in that mm-hmm. period of time. But anyway, we got in a room. And the goal was just to start a portfolio. We were going to log on and they were going to start their homepage and they were going to write a paragraph about themselves. And we had an hour to do it. And I sat and watched these guys 
with this blinking cursor and they could not do it. They could yeah. not write yeah. a paragraph about themselves. And I was over there trying to help them because what are they going to type? I love to do drugs. I don't care right. if I pass. I mean, they had nothing positive. They hadn't thought about that. And I'm, and it was profound for me. And I, I left that room going, I get it now. I told, I got it because I watched the struggle and I actually heard one of them say to the other one, this is really hard. And yeah. then, and I saw why it wasn't social media because their pages can't fill up. There's nothing else. No. There's nothing from the outside coming to fill the space. Right. There's no noise. Yes. And I think that's what happens in a lot of social media. They feel like they're having these full lives because the pages get full when actually there's such emptiness and they, their emptiness was really apparent. And um, yeah. it was a starting place for us to have a conversation finally. And, yeah. and it, that was really interesting to me. And so I saw that play out over and over and over again. That's the day I got really interested in and passionate about it, to be honest. Um, yeah. Because I saw um, that if a student can say, like, their purpose, why they're pursuing something or, you know, why why they care about something, what, what they're good at, what they need to work on, you know, if they have that self-acknowledgement and you know their re yeah, reflection like they have value. yeah they have and that value. they they're looking outside themselves and taking stock of where they are they could not do it and um so i i i'm i was really excited after that point but that was probably a two-year process for me my first like what's an e-portfolio to oh my heavens that was interesting so yeah that was a yeah. really long answer to that i'm so sorry no i love it no and it's um a really interesting story to me too because uh you know when jeffrey ann and i started creating digication we were teaching at rhode island school of design and i was working with the mat students in the education program and they were all there with a very clear purpose yeah and already had an understanding of um you know, their strengths and abilities when it came to art making were design. And they were there to now add teaching to their skill set um, or advance some um, skills that they already had in that area. But then when I started teaching um, in undergraduate classes at Bryant University, I had a, a similar um I was teaching a, a course that was like a combination of, it was basically like digital media tools, yep. you know, that broad. And, um, but one of the things I was going to have them do throughout that course while I was introducing them things was to create this e-portfolio. And, um, you know, digication was in its very early days there, but we still had ways for, you know, the students to put up images and talk about themselves and, um, reflect on the projects that they had done and they could share it with each other and comment and things. But I found the same thing, you know, that when I asked the students to um, put any kind of writing about themselves or to bring in work that they were doing from other classes that they wanted to share as part of their portfolio, you know, you would continually get this kind of, well, I don't know, I don't know what, you know, what would people want to know about me? I haven't done anything. And I'm right. like, what do you mean? That 
that cannot be true. Right. And, you know, so as a class, we would have to spend some time just, you know, basically doing some storytelling and sharing with each other and, you know, with the, um, you know, they were probably all, you know, 18 to 20 years old or so. So there was a, a like a certain level of sharing, you know, they'd have to kind of navigate how much they wanted to, you know, let their, you know, exterior presentation of themselves before they'd really say anything, um, you know, personal that they cared about their passions and hobbies and things like that. Um, but as soon as they would start telling these stories about themselves, you know, other kids in the room and, and, you know, uh, me also would be like, you know, this is exactly the kind of thing right. that you should put in your e-portfolio. Like, you know, this tells a story of why you've chosen to study these things, right. you know, like not necessarily this course. I know this is an extracurricular that you probably just got Austin to, but why you may want to study marketing and communications or right. you know, whatever you wanted to do. So, um, but yeah, it was the first time that I had been working with students where I was like, Oh wow. So, it's not just this ability for them to be able to reflect on their learning, but they really need this opportunity to understand, like they have real experiences that other people wanna hear about. They have done things that are valuable. They mm -hmm. are important people. And that this time that they have in college is not just like, a, you know, something to bounce off to get to, you know, become this person later. Like this is all happening right, right. now. Well, and it's not just an opportunity to memorize and take a bunch of tests. It's about yeah. learning where your strengths are, you know, and learning mm -hmm. to articulate them. I mean, you have to do that. And that, what you were talking about, brings up probably one of the major um back and forth that I've had with my faculty over the years when we were really portfolio was in a, a new and, you know, more stable stages. Like mm -hmm. we would have, like, I love, I'm, I have still teach college success, fine arts. And my favorite assignment in this area is called inspiration journal. And they have, mm -hmm. they have to make a page in their portfolio. And the requirements are they have to have something of their own artwork. Doesn't matter what it is something of their own they have to talk about what inspires them and it has to be mixed media so it can't just be a bunch of text and it can't just be a bunch of pictures they have to write and yeah. so i get some interesting things for sure and they agonize over it and then they have to present it they have to stand up and present it to the class so i get crazy stuff like i've had everything from a guy who likes to take pictures of him sp smoking a cigar and change the mm -hmm. colors like and like tattoo artists like I mean, mm -hmm. I've learned a lot about the students through doing that. But then I have a group of my faculty, you know, the, the portfolios will have like a running giraffe across it. And <laughs> and they're like, Amanda, why do you let them make portfolios that look so crazy? And I'm like, they're freshmen. Yeah. Like, I just want them in there. <laughs> want to put something on it. And they're testing me. They're seeing what I'm going to tolerate. Right. They're yeah. seeing if it's going to be a test. And is this really the right answer? And I'll look up, I'm like, I love giraffes. 
wow. Especially when they're running. Especially running and like so colorful. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like whatever, you do you. And but you know, they wanted a finished portfolio. They want every all the students to make every page look like they're gonna graduate. Yeah. Like there's more like that polish. Yes. And showcase. like you can't have the showcase before you have the they ask them yeah the learning part and they have to develop some sort of sense of having fun in here before they know you know and then one day hopefully they'll look back and go maybe i should take the running giraffe out but i don't know maybe not maybe you're gonna be in a certain business where that works really well but um yeah we had went back and forth um with faculty like there'd be some pretty good arguments about just being so militant and, you know, just really stifling with what they put in. And I, I just kind of let it be a free-for-all as long as they're, you know, within a few boundaries. Because otherwise, if I don't say it has to be their own artwork, I get fan pages. of this. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not a fan page. So you can have other artists on here, but you have to, it has to be about you and why you like them. And then you have to have yourself featured. And then I'm like, no, I didn't ask for a fan page of Drake or whatever. You know, I'm glad you <laughs> like him. And I'm like, I and I'm such a, you know, I'm such a classical artist. I don't even know who these people are. And I sit there and I'm looking around and everybody knows except for me. And I'm like, wow, I just literally, I'm old. And I just <laughs> like the music of dead people. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, okay. <laughs> know who that is you too i know i learned so much through this assignment this concludes part one of our conversation to hear part two be sure to subscribe to digication scholars conversations on youtube itunes spotify or your favorite podcast app digication scholars conversations is brought to you by digication a technology platform powering the most innovative e-portfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thanks for tuning in.